Welcome to How the Fuck Did You Get So Confident? My name is Rebecca, and this is the podcast where I interview my friends and peers to figure out, well, how the fuck they got so confident. In this episode, I Skype with actor, comedian, and writer Courtney Peroso. We talk about being open to failure, the importance of resilience, noticing your thoughts as thoughts, and we talk about the phrase, don't be scared, be scary. This is How the Fuck Did You Get So Confident? with guest Courtney Peroso. Hey, Courtney. Hi, how are you? (laughs) I'm good. I'm so excited to talk to you. Uh, You are truly one of the funniest, if not the funniest humans that I know. Oh my God, that's so nice. That can't be true, but... It's um... it's 100% true. Only, like, also made valid by the fact that I'm obsessed with your 2013 character reel or uh it was 2013 right isn't that yeah yeah 2013 yeah but is it like what do you call it is it technically a sketch or is it a character is it like a mock character reel or yeah I guess I usually like oh my fake character reel because you know it's like as if it were raw footage of somebody making a character reel so you see me progressively melt down and not be able to handle the stress of it while in like more and more insane costumes of like bad characters it is I have watched it so many times and I cry I was talking to Casey about it the other day it's my favorite video that anyone's ever made in like because like (laughs) Like, people put up sketches, like, you know, in the comedy community in L.A., people put up sketches or whatever, shorts, um, and character reels. I've seen so many character reels of people, like, for their mod auditions or what have you. It is truly the funniest thing. And Casey was like, well, what about all the cream sketches? Because that was his sketch group. And I was like, no. Like, (laughs) Courtney's character reel is my favorite fucking thing. Well, that's that's a huge honor. Thank you. I mean, I I have to work on accepting compliments, so I'm just going to say Thank you so much. It's hard. I mean, accepting compliments is so hard. I've learned to say, oh, that's so nice of you to say when someone gives me a compliment. Like, yeah. Casey, especially when it's like a partner or whatever, like, you look beautiful. And I'm like, oh, that's so nice of you to say. Like, I don't know how to do it. I know. And sometimes I feel like I say thank you or that's so nice of you. But my eyes are still like uh, flicking. Yeah. Like, I'm trying to like shut down like whatever it is I'm about to say. Like, yeah, well, blah, 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 you know, yeah. like, so like you can still see it in my brain, like yeah. happening, but yeah. I don't say it out loud. So yeah. That's, that's good. That is progress. Yeah. Yeah. That is progress. Um, well, I, I've been starting out these interviews by saying like, do you consider yourself a confident person? Um, you know, when I was like looking at that, I was like, do I, I think that I, am I think that I do consider myself a confident person I think at my very like deepest core I have great confidence but it is like surrounded by like like that core (laughs) is surrounded by like a whole bunch of bullshit that sometimes if you have to get to that you have to dig through the bullshit I'm picturing myself literally like uh like a thing with layers like not like a yeah 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 yeah. um were you a confident kid like growing up were you a confident child yeah I think so I think I was confident until like I mean you you get some hits like fifth grade I think is when I started having like girl drama and that sort of affected my confidence but um up until that yeah like generally I I was did you 
Is confidence something that, like, your parents or I don't know who you grew up with, whether it's your grandparents or your parents, um, but is that something that, like, they instilled in you? Is that, like, a quality that that you can remember them wanting you to have? I think so, yeah. Like, my my parents were great, and they were always really encouraging, and I think they were really big on, like, affirming me. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, uh, so, yeah, I'm trying to think of, like, a story or, like, an incident, but I, I don't really – I just felt, like, very secure. I think I had a very – I did have a very secure childhood, and my parents, like, did a really good job of – uh, you know, like, uh, telling me the things that I was good at and, and that kind of stuff. Do you have siblings? Uh, I don't even know this. Yeah, I do. I have a younger brother and a younger sister. Oh, okay. So my sister's so 10 years younger. My brother's three years younger. Oh, so. okay, cool. Yeah. Um, that's so interesting being the, the oldest in terms of like, I would love to talk to them too and be like, did Courtney instill confidence in you? Like, cause when I was talking to Casey, he was like being the youngest, having like people to look up to um was like really beneficial to him so like coming being the opposite and you being the oldest is interesting yeah I mean like I think my my there's definitely a lot of pressure on me in some way as the oldest I feel like because you're like in a way like the closest to your parents like desires for themselves or Mm -hmm. something like you're the one that changed their life and so I feel like there is somewhat like I I have like oldest pressure from my parents but I didn't really feel it until I was older Mm -hmm. um uh, but when I was a kid, yeah, I, I feel like my parents always like complimented me for like being smart or creative or doing well in school. So yeah. Yeah. When you hit fifth grade or whatever grade you're talking about for like it changing a little bit, what, and this is like to the extent that you feel comfortable talking about this, obviously. Um, but like what happened that like knocked your confidence? Um, I don't know if it like hit me. Like I remember first when people like girls start, because what happened basically is like girls started going through puberty, like in my little group of girls. Like I actually lived fifth grade. I lived in Kansas for one year. My dad is military. So I moved around a lot. Um, And all the, I had like so many girls my age, like living on my street that were all going to live in Kansas for one year. (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) Because that's like, was the nature of all of our parents' jobs. It was like a school, you know? So Uh Um, oh, so they all worked together. They were all in the military. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, interesting. We were on a military base. But I, so that was the year that I, I feel like all of everyone else grew up faster than me and I still was like a kid, but I was also maybe, um, I, I felt at the time that I was like actually smarter than them and that they were being mean to me. Yeah. And, um, like, I don't know. I felt like betrayed by my, by my friends. And then it made me a little bit like, uh, indignant or something. Really? That's interesting. You moved around a lot. I wonder, do you feel like that played around, played a factor into confidence having to like move and make new friends or move and adapt? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I was kind of shy kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I feel like every time I moved, my mode was to kind of like, be a little quiet and be more of an observer. And then it took me a little bit of time to like, be myself. Um, but, but yeah, I think having a sort of like, stable, like family system and moving around, like, I, I don't know. I guess I remember also being excited about moving sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like, 
my parents tried to trick me into thinking that it was like fun and cool mm-hmm. and it sort of worked. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, also, but I think it, it's made me flexible. I think that's what the, the thing it's done most. I don't know if that's related to confidence. But. I think it is because you can roll with the punches, right? Like if you can roll with critiques, you can change, you can take direction and yeah. flexibility does have to do with confidence. You're not so like steadfast in your opinions that you can't take yeah. direction. Um, at what point did you stop moving? Like, was there a point where you like stayed in the same place? Like once you hit high school or did you keep moving? No, I moved 10 times before I graduated high school. So I moved once and like, I went to ninth grade in Virginia and then finished up in Texas. Actually, I skipped a year of high school, but not because I was smart, just because of our moving schedule and whatever. Um, yeah. So I moved, like I've lived, I I didn't stop moving until I moved to Los Angeles 11 years ago. Wow. Is it, how does, how do you feel about that? Like living in the same place, does it feel still exciting? Does it like, like, what is that like? I can't imagine moving that much and then all of a sudden stopping. Yeah. I mean, it was, it's basically my whole adulthood. So I feel like that's the marker. So I don't think about it that much. And I also love LA and I've had to move apartments so many goddamn times since I've lived in LA. So maybe that makes up for it. But, um, so I saw gutter plum, which is your clowning show. Um, how would you describe it to people who have never seen it before? It's a tough one. Okay. I'll do my best, but it is, it's a sh- an hour show that follows <laughs> a woman from like puberty, like pre-puberty from her childhood through death. But it's sort of, it's an, in an abstract and very silly, stupid way, sort of through the lens of sexuality. And it involves taking a member of the audience and making them a co-star in this life. Does that? that <laughs> perfect um, okay because <laughs> it's like it's hard to because it's like it's the span of a life in a way but I'm like but the building blocks that I use to make it are very very stupid mm-hmm. and it's not like it's based more in like an expression of like what that feels like rather than like events happening right and would yeah. you and you would classify it as a clowning show no or how yeah yeah, yeah so it's, it's definitely I made it using like clown as the the style I guess clown being that you're like rather than a sketch or um or other forms of comedy like I I may appear to be a character and but I am mostly myself being stupid and that it's like I'm always like with the audience so there's like there's no fourth wall I guess right is that what would you consider the main difference between sketch and clowning? The fourth wall aspect? Yeah, and I think the spirit through which it's made. Because sketch, you're like writing and you have an idea of what's going to be funny, and you're sort of writing around this idea you have, and there's like this structure that seems apparent. Whereas with clown, I feel like you uh, can, don't always know what it is that's going to be funny funny and it's more physical in general right it's much more physical and do you and for clowning do a lot of ideas and changes come from workshopping it in front of an audience 
Oh, dude, yeah. It's like I, when I started making the show, the, you so you saw the like final version, yeah. but I started making it like nine months before it was ready, and I would just have to put up an hour of material, and I did not know what the show was supposed to look like when I was done with this process. And in fact, like I started with something, a seed that was similar to what you saw, mm-hmm. um, but but. Uh, in the process of doing like 25 or 30 workshop shows, like I went off and made an entirely different show and had to come back to like more of what I had started with, but I used elements that I found in this entirely different narrative to Mm -hmm. put them back into the the old show. So I was like on a ride that I was like, I don't know what the fuck the show is going to be, but I literally have to do it because somebody is like, essentially paying me to make it (laughs) so yeah what is that well my first question is um what made you change it um I was just sort of following where the workshop process was taking me um and the the first when I changed it the first time it was because I found out that somebody was going to produce me for Edinburgh and I think I just spazzed and I was like so scared that I started from scratch essentially because I was like what I have is not good enough Mm -hmm. and then I made a show that was like uh good but it wasn't what the show was supposed to be and it was so I had to like bring parts of that back into the <laughs> into the original narrative I don't even know if what I'm saying is making sense it's making to, sense okay okay um, um and Edinburgh yeah. for people who don't know is a comedy festival in the UK correct yeah in Scotland yeah in Scotland mm-hmm. and when you say someone was paying you to make this show. Well, they weren't paying me much, but I, a, a theater in London was like producing my show Got for it. Edinburgh. So when Got I it. found out that they were like that, yeah, like you're gonna go, we're gonna like pay for you to come do this festival. I was like, oh fuck! It was like the biggest opportunity I'd like had, right? And I had to finish it because I had a deadline. Yeah. So. Did they see a version of it, and that made them interested in having in producing it, or how did that? Come yeah, about? they they saw early videos of it, and they also like I know people that they've worked with before who vouched for me, and right. I think that had a lot to do with it too. Right, so. and clowning from an audience perspective, I've never done clowning. Um, I am so interested in it, but I am truly terrified. Um, uh, how did you get into clowning? Clowning is so, it's so, from an outsider's perspective, vulnerable and, um, silly and, and stupid and, but at the same time, so smart, um, and intelligent. So how did you, how did you get into it? Cause you've been, you were on Sunday company at Groundlings. Um, yeah. So you've done improv and sketch. You have like a very, very big comedy resume. Was clowning before or after Groundlings? Um, after, but I had done a little bit like in my like theater school time. So basically I, I took one clown class like when I was in college during some summer program. And I don't really remember that class except for I remember it was like my favorite class of like all of like of Shakespeare and sense memory and all this dumb bullshit you had to do like clowning was my favorite and at the time like I don't really think that I was funny like I didn't come to LA to be a comedian I was just like I'm an actress so Mm. even like getting into comedy it was sort of a surprise for me um and this was before that um then I got into clowning in LA because I um started 
seeing Natalie Palanides perform. And I don't even know if you've ever seen her uh, stuff, but she was like in the UCB community yes. and she was just around, like I wasn't close with her. And she, what she was doing was so inspiring to me that I sort of pursued her in a way. And she led me to take class with Dr. Brown uh, slash Phil Burgers is his real name. And he's the one that directed my show. Okay. And so, so that was the first time I took like a clown class in LA and I fell in love. Like I, it had been a couple of years. Like I was in a lull of not performing and feeling creatively like I like I didn't know where to go. Like sketch wasn't really it for me, but I'm not a stand up. And the clown sort of hit all of my theater nerd. Uh, like it, it hit me in that way, and also from a comedy perspective because. It was like it, it was a, sh a jolt to the system, I guess. Like it was about vulnerability, and I did see a potential to find like truth or beauty or or these things like that go beyond like what sketch can do. Totally. But that are still based in like being really, really fucking stupid. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was like really just so drawn to it, and then I was like hardcore into it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and that's what that's you know, with my personal relationship with comedy, sometimes I'm like, well, this isn't honest, is like a feeling that I get sometimes when it's, I don't, I'm not a big sketch person simply because I'm like, well, this is, nobody behaves this way. Um, and that's kind of why I love watching clowning so much is because it like comes from an authentic place and then it's like exaggerated almost. Um, and I did, yeah. and I dig that. I dig that so much. I think like, I mean, it's as a clown, like as a performer, it's just a different headspace to be coming onto the stage or, you know, like you, you come and you risk everything, you know, to, and hopefully there in this world, in this gray, not gray area, but like, you're so close to being bad and you're so raw that actually the audience will laugh because they're, they, they lean in. It's like a visceral laugh mm -hmm. rather than a, haha, I get it. You know? Yeah. It's like an experience. Yeah. It's more, much more of an experience than other forms of comedy. I I find. I think so, and you know, even like sometimes it's all about the tension building up to the laugh. Like sometimes it's not supposed to be funny, or for me, you know. And, and also, I'm not like a clown expert, so sometimes I feel like I don't exactly know how to talk about it. I've never taught it or anything like that, but I do feel like I I connect with the mentality behind it. So, do you remember? the it doesn't necessarily I guess have to be the first show that you did but like going from that state of like fear and anxiety into a state of like bliss and confidence and or does that does that happen at every show or does that never happen or like how does confidence play a role in clowning well what's great about clown is that it's you have to have confidence, but you also have to be willing to fail. So you like, um, sometimes people can be too confident and clown and then the audience will kind of resent you because they're like, what? Like you have to come in just sort of open, you know? Okay. Um, uh, but I, I think less, it's like less like confident that like, I definitely am going to get them and more like, I don't know if I'm going to get them, but I'm excited to try this. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense. It does. And, yeah. So it's like, I'm, I'm not 100% certain that I'm going to get them or that they're going to like this, but I'm going to 
go really hard and try and do this, which I think is funny. And hopefully they laugh. And if they don't, I have to feel that they don't. I've risked it and I've lost. But then maybe after that loss, I'll find something even better. That like, it gets me so excited just hearing you talk about it. So it's, it's, it's resilience. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, I, I laugh because when I found clowning, I was like sort of in this weird place. But I remember my teacher when I was like doing something well, you know, like I was like, I was getting it. And he was like, <laughs> he pointed at me and he was like, look, see, she's so broken. <laughs> it's great. We love it. You know? And I, and I was like, yeah, I am. I don't give a fuck anymore. I'm so broken. I'm already, And so that I don't, so I don't care. Like, sure. Like watch me be broken. Yeah. And it was like that sort of, I was like, uh, it felt freeing or something. <laughs> it, is, it does sound freeing. It sounds like, it's almost like not confidence in the situation, but confidence in yourself, maybe. Like that, like what you find is funny. It's almost like, fuck it. If if you don't think it's funny, that's fine. I think it's funny. It's, it's like, because also you want to put on a good show for people. You don't want to like only do things yeah, that you think is funny. And, right? and also, you know, the clown like is sort of in service to the audience. So it's like, you do have to listen and like you do have to see where they like you mm-hmm. but um but it's not like you're not desperate to please them okay yeah 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 and I think that's like I don't a- know it's like so weird like it's kind of like uh hippy dippy like this like ambiguous language so it's hard to even talk about but it is sort of does lie in this like when in a paradox of sorts I it, think it really does it's like I have to not care what you think to do the thing, but then I also have to take your feedback because that's what a show is. Um, yeah, I, and I and I'm like highly attuned to you. Like right. even if you hate me, I'm with you. I right. promise you, I'm with you. Even if you fucking hate me, you know. <gasps> so I just that is so so scary to me. <laughs> it's really scary, <laughs> but it's also so rewarding. Like it seems uh. like it's probably a addicting to some point that like freedom oh yeah I mean uh to challenge yourself to be free in that way is is addicting did you have like and it doesn't have to be in clown in particular it could be another aspect of comedy whether it's like you know groundlings or whatever that you felt like doubt in yourself Oh my God. Yeah. I'm, I'm constantly full of doubt. Oh, really? And yeah, it's, it's a thing that I struggle with. Like it's sort of as much as I can push myself and challenge myself, I'm still like, it, I waste so much time like digging through all these layers of, of doubt. I mean, yeah, I'm like, I'm so scared. Yeah. But for me, that's like, it, two sides of the same coin I don't know actually I don't know if that expression is what I mean <laughs> but uh well, like but how do you overcome it it's like yin yang it's like there you know what I mean so like the the fear is always there so that um but that so that when you um overcome it it's like powerful I oh my god I sound like such a fucking idiot no but, you um, don't but but I think, um, but it's like yeah. learning to be comfortable with the uncomfortable learning to, yes. okay. Okay. Yes. I think that that's part of it. Okay. Um, 
and that it's okay to be uncomfortable. It's okay to make the audience uncomfortable. Right. As long as you, you know, it's like, that's okay. And how does yeah. this skill set come into play with like, because you're an actor, with like auditioning or being on set or like this this confidence that you've, I'm going to call it confidence. I don't know what okay. you, what I would call it for clowning because it's, I know you said it's like not really confidence, but it's resilience. Well, maybe we'll call it resilience. But, like, does that play a factor in auditioning or being on set? Or, like, how does that – how do you think clowning or any sort of confidence that you've built has benefited you in, like, other professional realms? I think it has – I mean, being on set or normal human interaction is, like, such a different beast. Yeah. But I think uh, having – I'm trying to think how it has. I mean, I think like going through this whole journey of like being drawn to this art form and pursuing it and like finding some like success in it or something like has made me feel confident because I just like proved to myself that I could accomplish something that I wanted to. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of just like outside of like the clown ethos. It's just like my personal journey. Yeah. So I think maybe that like, you know, uh, but, but I think in general, yeah, just this the attitude of, like, I'm going to do my best. I'm going to do what I want to do. And if you don't like it, I can't mm, control it or I don't care. Like, I, you know, when it comes to auditioning, I mean, I'm not a great auditioner either. I'm okay, you know, but I'm up and down. But I think in general, like, maybe just, like, trying to have, like, a broader um, lens, like, I can't give that much of a fuck about this one moment. <laughs> How do you get to that point? Because, like, I know that when I – if I have a quote-unquote bad audition, like, I'm bummed for the rest of the day, you know? Yeah, I mean, and I still can be, like, if I'm invested. Yeah. I think it's just, like, repetition yeah, where yeah, yeah. I've gotten much better about, like, I do my audition, it happens, I throw my sides in the recycling and mm-hmm. never think about it ever again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, but if you're attached to it, it's like, of course it's hard. I guess there's like also like most of my things that I've gotten that I liked, like I feel like it's been from other work. It's not like from a fucking audition, you know? Yeah, that's a really good point. And so I feel confident in my work and like what I do as an artist and what I bring to the table. And so if if that's not what you want, then okay. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. That's like a big transition have you always had that mentality because no no absolutely not like I was when I moved here to like be an actress or whatever I was like terrified at every audition and I was so wanting to please and like what do they want what do they want you know and wanting to get something and now I'm like I I just don't feel that way and I also feel like I'm I get more I'm more like I think I'm gonna would more likely or would rather make my own thing than be reliant on other people mm-hmm. to to give me this thing that like do I even want? Mm-hmm. That's 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 where I'm coming at it now. But mm-hmm. that that could also be a survival mentality. <laughs> but like so to get there, you attribute it to like repetition. So like doing it a lot and doing things that are perhaps out of your comfort zone, but then just continuing to do them. Yeah. Yeah. And like knowing, like, like, I guess 
to tie it back to clown, like one of the things about clown is like embracing failure. And I think that's like for anything for, for your whole life, like we're all doomed to fail essentially because mm-hmm. we all die. At the end yeah. Of it. Yeah. Like that can be morose, but then you're free, you know, mm-hmm. like fit, like the fact that you are definitely going to fail at some point, like gives you freedom, you know? Mm-hmm. And so so you can laugh like at, at you know uh, all your mistakes because yeah. you don't know what's what's gonna happen. Is there a moment that that like because when you what you were saying like when you first moved to LA you were like oh, what can I do to please like how can I please you what can I do and now you're just like well I'm gonna do what I want to do and if you like it great and if you don't like it great like what how how did that change what was like that switch that flipped. <sighs> I think just time and time. growing up and, but, but it, it was like a, cause I, I guess I've never thought about it in that way before, but I think also being more connected with your authenticity. I mean, that is the way I've changed the most. And my confidence has changed the most is that I feel more connected with who I actually am and more okay with it. And like more like all the things that I used to think were wrong about me or whatever, or just like, I can notice them and they're like more integrated into um, so they don't make me fucking hate myself. Right. Like if I, if I notice something that I'm like, oh, I always do that. I'm not like, fuck you. I fucking hate you. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I, I start to get that way, but yeah. then I can more separate myself, like notice that that's happening and be like, whatever. But that's such a skill set. Well, sure. And, and also, I know you just said like, I, I have been in therapy. I got in therapy like five years ago and I'm not so consistent anymore, but it helped me to like notice my thoughts as thoughts and choose to accept them or eliminate them. And also just integrate these things that I, you know, like I, I know like in my show, for example, like I do all this crazy shit, but like, I'm actually so scared. And like, especially me, like, you know, five, 10 years ago, scared, scared, scared. Like there was still this person like taking risks there, but I, I don't crave acceptance as much. And I don't Mm. feel like I need to perform this idea of who people Mm. want me to be as much. Mm. That's really interesting. I still do sometimes. Sure. The last show that I did for, um, before this pandemic hit um because normally I'm like in character or like I'm not used to just talking as myself on stage Mm -hmm. and I had to do that because I was like hosting a show Mm -hmm. and I felt so fucking weird just talking to the audience like I was more scared than I've been in so long and my friend who was there was like yeah you were like talking in like phone voice like you were like ordering a pizza and you were nervous I was like that is exactly what I was doing like I was like hey guys um cool so the next part like it was so fucking weird so what I'm saying is that it's still there right but it's almost like you well, it's it's more not there than it's there, first of all, it sounds like. And then it's also like having the ability to almost step outside yourself and be like, oh, this is a thought I'm having, but I don't have to behave. I don't have to act on this thought. I can choose instead to be this way. And that's through therapy or through whatever, meditation, introspective work, that we can cultivate that ability to like step yeah. outside of ourselves. Um, also, I just think that's so interesting – 
hearing you be like, I'm not used to being myself on stage or I'm used to, you know, being a character. Well, I feel like I'm used to being myself. Like when I do my show, I'm like, it's just me. It's me doing things that I love. And I'm in a way like fully revealed, but to like, to just talk like a normal person was very challenging for me for some reason and to still bring my actual self. Right. Right. And that's so interesting, especially like to me, like how I know you is, is through the, like you are truly the most, in my, in my eyes, the most confident person ever. And to hear that you have like these moments. Oh dude. Oh, I mean, yeah. Like I, I, it's wild to me that I present that way because yeah. And I think people that are close to me know I can spin out all the time. I mean, ask Corey, you know, you, yeah. Corey Podell, my friend yeah. who um, co-devised my show with me, like she was managing my like emotions and my self-hatred, like throughout the whole process of yeah. making the show. Yeah. It's like not, it doesn't go away. And yeah, I mean, Oh, I, I am so mean to myself. You don't understand. <laughs> What I am better at now is not hating myself for being mean to myself. You know, I don't like let it snowball. I see myself hating myself Uh and I'm like, cool, idiot. You know, and and then like, instead of being like, yeah, you waste all this time hating yourself. And like, then I'm hating myself for wasting, you know, it's like, I just, I can stop it in its tracks a little faster. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, that's the key, I guess, is, like, it's never going to go away, but we can, like, control it a little bit better, maybe. Yeah, and also, like, find the humor in it. I mean, that has always helped me, too, to, like, find that voice uh, instead of, like, succumbing to it or finding it, like, threatening to be, like, oh, that's funny. That's, you know, like, like, look at me, like, acting out. I'm a human. I'm weak. Haha. Moving on. Right, right, right. And I think one thing that you said was, like, that your opinion on me like is not any of my business or it's like almost like not my responsibility what you think of me which I think is like interesting yeah but but, and that's still hard like I have moments where I'm like oh my god are people gonna hate me for this or does this person hate me or right all the so all the time these thoughts like pass it's Mm -hmm. just like I try not to linger on them too much but I was talking in another one of these about how it's possibly also the way we were raised um, in terms of like gender, like men versus women. Interviewing yeah. men is has been it's just a different experience. Like I I was talking to Casey and I was like, so when do you feel most confident? And I gave him examples. I was like, you know, some people have said I feel most confident when I'm like on stage or when I'm with my spouse or whatever. And he was I was like, so when do you feel most confident? And he was like, um. I'd say, like, most of the time. And I was like, <laughs> what? Yeah, I was like, that's nuts. And I was like, yeah. as, as a woman, like, and maybe I'm, I'm from the South, so I, I wonder if, you know, geographically, you know, these things are different too. But, like, I was raised, like, oh, don't shine too bright. Like, don't be too, no, you're being too loud. Or, like, no, you're being people don't, know tamper it. Yeah. Um, and, and that's protective. Like, because yeah. I, I definitely got some of that. And, uh you know, like, yeah, don't shine too bright or don't be too loud or don't be too weird. And it's like your parents like wanting Mm -hmm. to protect you because Mm -hmm. like we have this thing of like, uh, you don't want like 
other women to be jealous or you don't want people to think you're a whore. Right. You don't want people to think like, you know, but, and, and I think it comes from a good place. You know, I still deal with this stuff with my parents, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. For, for, cause I'm like, cause I act like a whore on the internet. They get scared of me. They get scared of me. They're like, Courtney, you're turning 35 this year. You live alone. No one wants to marry you. Like, well, you know. <laughs> and I'm like, I know. I'm scared. I took some big swings and here I am. But, uh. <laughs> it's funny, but like talking to men, they don't, at least so far, I'm sure we'll talk to some men who don't feel this way. I don't want to like, you know, pigeonhole anybody, but like so far, they don't have the same, they have different challenges. Um, yeah. And, oh, yes, yes, yes. And perhaps confidence isn't yeah. one of the biggest ones for them, and maybe it's bigger for women, but they have their own set of... Their whole... It's like, no, it's a whole different set of... Yeah. Not to, not to be gendered, but I guess we're doing it. I yeah, guess we are, I guess doing, we are doing it. Maybe we'll but, edit this out, yeah. but we probably won't. Um. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, by the way, going back, you know, when I said, like, being a whore online, you know, yeah. I don't mean that. I'm not insulting whores sex workers myself or right, anything right. and it's an expression right, Sorry right, right. To say. yeah Ooh, uh, yeah I know I know um, I know I know I was gonna say you um and I may be wrong about this did you teach at Groundlings or have you I taught did, at yeah. Groundlings how how has has being a teacher like on the other side of things given you some sort of perspective into human behavior in regards to confidence resilience that sort of thing like do you think that teaching something did that help you gain something personally yeah I mean I I started teaching I don't teach that much anymore but when I did I think it helps to have to um operate from the authority which is not a place that I am necessarily especially when I started teaching was used to operating from Mm -hmm. in fact like I because I'm like kind of like a smallish woman like almost like had a persona or or actually I don't know if it was a persona it was just not how I would normally behave in public mm-hmm. I was like much louder more almost crazy because mm-hmm. it like gave me more authority mm-hmm. in my in my class so I think it was like a good exercise for me also just um you know when you teach you realize that a lot of, you know, like sometimes I would teach and I'm like, I don't really know what the fuck I'm talking about. Yeah. Right now. Sometimes I do, but I think it's like good to have that perspective of like take authority with a grain of salt because yeah. I was like, yeah, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Yeah. So when somebody's teaching me and I'm like, huh, I'm like, yeah, they don't, they don't fully, no one knows. You know? Yeah. That's a really good point. Cause when I get, when I have a teacher or a casting director or, or you know, whoever, it's like, yeah, but you don't know, especially with with any type of art form, it's subjective. So it's like there is no, it's not like math. There is no right and wrong answer. So it's like you're, yeah. you're giving me a critique based on your life experiences and your point of view, but it's not the end all be all. Yeah, and also your perception of me. I mean, I, I mean, I have had good and bad experience with like acting teachers. I've had so many great teachers, most of them like ground, like I would say most of them not traditional acting teachers, mm-hmm. but um. But yeah, like, you know, that's a weird relationship always that you have to take, you know, you have to take the source into account, mm-hmm. even in ways, not that that means that they're bad, they mm-hmm. just could be, yeah, everyone's coming from their own, like, subjective yeah. input, their life yeah. experience, and they're projecting stuff on you that has nothing to do with you. Have you experienced that a lot, being like, because you're a, you know, a blonde woman, in this industry has that like do you feel like that's impacted you in any sort of way 
as a blonde woman in this industry. <laughs> I say blonde woman. There are yeah, other I, I don't want to like put you on the side and be like, as a, a beautiful. Oh, uh, no, no, you know? no. So, no you're so funny. I was just laughing because I was like thinking about, I was like, yes, as a blonde woman. I, um, <laughs> no, uh, um, I, yeah, like, well, I was, I did, took an acting class, like, when I first moved to LA, where, and my MO in that scenario is, like, quiet, like, receptive, like, <laughs> I'm, like, you know, ready to learn, polite, mm-hmm. you know, and we had to do this weird exercise, which is, like, probably kind of abusive, where, like, you sit, like, in front of the class, but you're, like, not facing the class, okay. and, like, people are just, like, saying stuff that they think you are, you know, and, like, I remember, like, one guy who I ended up sleeping with was, like, guy who gets – girl who gets cheated on by her boyfriend. And, like, people were just saying, like, meek. Like, people were, like, you know – and I was, like – and and that's how, like, people thought of me. Um, that's uh, rough. You, you know, like – or, like, I remember, like, that same acting teacher was, like, well, if Courtney wants to, like, uh, <laughs> come – like, have any, like, authority or, like um, – you know, like be a bitch, like she's gonna have to like draw in our eyebrows more because she just has like a resting, like sad face. And like, wait, you know, like draw in her eyebrows more? Yeah, she was like saying my eyebrows were too, like, she was like, you need to make your eyebrows more sharp if you're gonna play a bitch, like stuff like that. We're just like, what are you talking about? But, but anyway, but I think I was perceived and it made me upset of like being like kind of small and like scared and like meek and and I think but I was behaving more like that at the time so did that exercise because I've also done an exercise (laughs) similar to that in acting class they didn't shout it out they you sat there and you faced them and they took index cards and they wrote down things that they thought about you and then they gave it to the teacher and then the teacher would read them Um, I mean I guess it's like could be I don't know it seems like I hated that and I also was like upset that people yeah like I people maybe it was true like things that I, I don't know now I'm like now I'm like on this weird like journey of remembering this like triggering memory from like <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry it's like this is not even podcast related well, mine was like, like if this is helpful for you mine was pretty much the exact opposite of yours and was like yeah just a big bitch like a stupid d- like it was like most of them were like dumb and a bitch we're all oh my god and I was like okay great great well you know you're like a you're also a hot person in this industry you know so I can uh go blonde you know yeah blonde (laughs) (laughs) um no but 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 that was a long time ago I'm trying to think now like if well also I'm like how did that benefit us like how did that because it's like why are we doing this I guess I would understand that more if the class was like a branding class, like, but having it be an acting class, it's like, well, well, yeah, like acting. that was branding was sort of like part of this oh. class. I don't know, but I, I also think that like something that I like about myself and that I think actually is very true is that like I am hard to fit into like a certain box which like makes me like it almost hard to cast me because you're like from far away you're like yeah it's like a lady yeah and then like if you I think there's something about me that's like uh I'm always playing people that you think are normal at first and then you realize oh they're crazy they're crazy and I think that I have that about me in a way that I like because maybe there are things that are like surprising about me I I think that's rad I think that's really rad 
Also, I was looking at your IMDb. Did you know you've played three characters whose names are Crystal? I do. I absolutely do. Yeah, three crystals. Yeah. I don't know. I just didn't why. know if you knew that or not. I did. I when I got cast as my third crystal, I'm like, this is wild. Oh, that is wild. Um, uh, yeah. Oh, no, I, I, I and let me. I am such a rambly talker, so I don't even know if I've answered any of your questions. You've answered all of my questions. Okay. Um. um I was going to say there's my last question normally is how I wrap this up is like advice you would give to like your younger, maybe less confident self, AKA what advice would you give to me? Someone who's working on confidence, but I just frame it as your younger self because yourself. Yeah. Um, it's so hard. I'm like not a advice giver usually. Cause I feel like, everyone's so different everyone's like on their own on their own journey on their own journey but younger Courtney Courtney when she just moved to LA god I don't know uh well I will tell you now that my like uh like I I came up with like a little mantra that like I do try to remember to myself like oh I love this um but it's like based on the meaning of my last name, which is, this is so dorky. But my last name is Paroso, which like or Paroso, it's like Italian. But the root word is fear. Okay, okay. so it can mean in different contexts. Apparently, scared or like scary. So it can mean like meek, timid, like scared, whatever. Or it can be like creepy, scary, powerful, magnificent, like that. Okay. You know. Okay. And so my mantra to myself when I'm like. It's like, don't be scared, be scary, you know? I love that. <laughs> and, like, scary in a good way of, yeah. like, being powerful and being, like, you know, like, and, and I think that to, like, I think they're connected. Like, the fear, you know? I love so, that. So that, like, I, I guess now, <laughs> I didn't really think about this before, but there is, like, I have sort of, like, a tenderness of this, like, terrified, like, 24-year-old that I was, when I, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, like, knowing what I do now, not that I'm, like, some huge success, but at least, like, I feel like I am an artist in a way that I mm, could not have anticipated at that time, and I'm, like, mm-hmm. maybe because, like, some of the stuff I do is, like, wild, like, people think, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, uh... I yeah, love that. So, so I, but, but I guess, but to apply it to you or to anybody, it's just that, like, don't be afraid to, like, be powerful and don't be afraid, like, that that is inside of you yeah. and, like, don't be afraid to access it. And, yeah. I yeah, love I that. Know. I love, I love when people have mantras. I have a friend who, before an audition in her car, she just says, like, let this be for me. And I'm like, oh, I love God, that. that's so good. It's so simple. And like, just let this be for me. Um, and I love that. Okay, so I'm going to read what I wrote down as a little recap for what we've talked about in this interview. Okay. Be open to failure, resilience, time. So do things um, over and over again. Uh-huh. Therapy. Try not to crave acceptance. Learn to be comfortable with the uncomfortable. Connect to your authenticity. Find the humor in it. Notice your thoughts as thoughts and remember your ability to shift them. Take, oh, take the source into account and don't be scared. Be scary. I, I guess mean, we so. solved it. We did solved we, the Did thing. I help you at all? Did you I helped was, me so much. I feel like I was like, uh, you know, this, this uh, quarantine has made me um, 
weirdly nostalgic too and like going over things I feel like I entered like a memory loophole when we were talking I so love I I, that's exactly what I wanted so uh yeah. it's perfect well thanks so much for doing this thanks for having me um I hope that I made any sense whatsoever you made the most yes. sense I have to be honest with you I took a little puff you know yeah earlier and I kind of was like oh shit like I mean whatever I don't need to like talk about my drug use on this now let's just cut let's just be done okay, I'm gonna like, cut it right now <laughs> okay. thanks for listening to this episode of how the fuck did you get so confident I'd love to hear from listeners about things that have helped you build your confidence whether that's a mantra a routine maybe a favorite book or an event that you went through leave it in the review section or if you have a question regarding confidence that you'd love to hear discussed on this podcast, you can leave that in the review section as well and I'll check it out. Thanks again. <laughs>